A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, And the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, 
Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. So today our Lord gets into this dialogue with the Pharisees and I just really love the way our Lord talks to the Pharisees. This sort of starts off with our Lord is eating with tax collectors and sinners, and the Pharisees start complaining about this, like, because they're not living a life of righteousness, and so our Lord shouldn't be eating with them. And our Lord is constantly speaking into the life of the Pharisees and pointing out the fact that what matters most is our integrity, what matters most is the conversion of our heart, that although you're externally in compliance with the law, that doesn't necessarily mean your heart is changed and our Lord came to change our hearts. Our Lord came to change our hearts. And so he tells them the story of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And, and it's kind of sarcastic the way he presents it because he says, like, what man among you would not leave 99 sheep and go after one sheep? And if we're very pragmatic about our lives, we would say, well, like, nobody would leave 99 sheep and go after one sheep. But that's what our Lord is calling us to. And then he tells the story of the prodigal son. And the story of the prodigal son is for the Pharisees. It's for the Pharisees. It's actually a call to conversion 
for the Pharisees. And the main character in the story, as our Lord is speaking into the Pharisees, is the older brother. And most of the time when we reflect on this, we reflect on sort of the younger brother and and the need for those who are away from our Lord to come back to our Lord and that the father is rich in mercy and the younger brother goes and he rejects his sonship. He knows he has an inheritance coming and he basically is saying to his father, like, I wish you would hurry up and die so I could get my inheritance and go live my life. He rejects his sonship and then he goes and squanders everything until he finds himself destitute. And in his his destitution, in that place of poverty, he's humbled. And when he returns to the Father, he doesn't expect anything. He's not going back to the Father thinking, well, my Father's always going to take care of me. Because he knows what he deserves. In a real way, he's taking responsibility. And as he goes back to the Father, he simply says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. And then the most powerful words come from the Father's mouth. When he says to his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. And in that moment, this young man realizes that he doesn't deserve to be called a son, but... The Father is bestowing his sonship on him again. And it's this moment of extreme mercy. And then the older brother witnesses all of this. And he's filled with anger because there seems to be a lack of justice. And he complains to the father. He says, I've always done everything I was supposed to do. I've always done the right thing. And this son of yours went off and he did all of the wrong things. And now you're throwing him a party? And you've never thrown me a party. And then the father speaks the same word. He says, my son. You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. And the Pharisees are meant to 
experience that word the way the older brother does, that my son, that you belong to me and everything I have is yours. But somewhere along the road, we get lost in that and we forget about that and we forget that we're always within the Father's gaze, that we're always abiding in his love. And it can be very easy for us to live lives like the Pharisees, to, to be committed to doing all of the right things and to miss out on the fact that we're called my son. You know, the truly virtuous life is a life that's driven from the interior. It's driven by the fact that we belong to the Lord. When we have virtue, we live a life that's in conformity with the law, but it has joy and there's freedom that comes from belonging to Christ. And that's the goal that we all seek. The Pharisees live this life of continence where they sort of do the right thing, but they don't have joy. And so we might ask, like, what's the safeguard or what, what would be the right thing for the older brother? And we find that in the Beatitudes. You know, the Beatitudes are the first thing that our Lord says when he starts preaching the Sermon on the Mount. There's sort of a roadmap for growth in holiness, and the order of the Beatitudes matters. And we can kind of see how they play out in the life of the younger brother. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And how he finally got to this place of poverty, of physical poverty, which reminds him of his spiritual poverty, that he needs the Father. Blessed are those who mourn, like realizing that he needs the Father, Realizing what he's lost. There's a need to grieve everything that we've lost, and, and I can't have that anymore, and I no longer deserve to be called your son. Blessed are the meek, and so in humility and meekness, he goes and he asks to be one of the Father's hired servants. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And in that moment, when he goes back to the Father, he obtains mercy. Then comes blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, etc. And there's this kind of order to the Beatitudes. And what we see in the older brother is that he has a hunger and thirst for righteousness. He probably hungers and thirsts for righteousness more than anyone. 
he wants to do everything right. And he gets really upset at his perception of injustice and the way his brother's being treated. But because he doesn't have poverty of spirit or meekness, his hunger and thirst for righteousness became self-righteousness. And in our own lives, when we find ourselves like caught in that place, when we find ourselves like having interior judgment about people, or when we find ourselves living a double life, when we find ourselves living a life of trying to do everything right on the outside, but where there's this disturbance in our own hearts, Kind of the path to wholeness and the path to holiness is to go back to work the Beatitudes in order. To go back to focus on the fact that we can do nothing without God. To go back to mourn all of the things that we have to give up in order to surrender to our Lord which includes the control over our own lives. To truly approach our Lord in meekness so that we might obtain mercy. And then the righteousness that we hunger and thirst for will be first and foremost our own righteousness as we're restored to relationship. And we hear those words, my son or my daughter, and they truly take root in our hearts. It's then that we start to live a life of joy every single day. And so today let us pray that We come to know our Lord's great love and mercy in our own lives. And that we grow in that kind of poverty in spirit that is fundamental to everything else in the Christian life. And also for the grace to truly be the face of Christ and the face of the Father in the lives of every other person that we encounter.